1: 137 the time reminder we're back in tomorrow and on friday the rest of the crew man they're off they're they're done they're done they'll see you back on uh, january 2nd at 2024 they're done braden and i are the uh, lost or lost or last whatever you want to call us the mohicans we're here uh, today, tomorrow, and Friday, and then uh, Friday will be it. Okay, right now we're going to head out to our uh, hotline. Uh, we're joined by our buddy Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast, an Odyssey original featuring the most notable names in MLB and all around sports every week. And, Mr. Boone, I know you got a big family here in San Diego, a very uh, happy holiday season to you and your entire family.
0: And you as well, Coach. It's uh, Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool with all the kids. You know, during the the during the year, they're they're spread out. You know, we got some in Arizona. We got a bunch off to college. But this time of year, I got a full house. So, yeah, uh, pretty cool. I look forward to it.
1: Now, last time we had you on a couple of weeks, so didn't your daughter just get married?
0: She just got married, yeah. And uh, well, it's been, what, yeah, been a little over a month now. But they're off in Arizona. They're actually on their way over here. So, I get to see her and. Nick, or my new son in law. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. I, I look forward to this time of year. I get to see, you know, everybody gets together for even though, though it's only a few days. And, and I have the boys home for a while before their college starts up again. So hopefully we'll get, get up and go maybe go skiing a couple of days and do what we do.
1: Other than that, this is usual. <laughs> and, and let me ask you a question here. When this young man, I don't know how long he dated your daughter before he asked for her hand in marriage, but was he a little nervous meeting with you?
0: Well, I would known him, you know, it, they, they dated for a couple of years, and I got to know him real well. I, I think the world of him. I mean, he's such a good kid, and uh, I I kind of caught wind that it was going to happen. You know, I, through the grapevine, I kind of heard that, hey, he's he's going to ask you. You know, because I know his 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 personality, his uh, just the way he is. I know he, he he's going to do it step by step, the way tradition says you do it. So I caught wind, so I, I knew I wasn't going to make it easy on him. So I kind of put on my tough guy face, but, but uh-huh. he kind of after after about thirty seconds, he saw right through it, and he knew I was just <laughs> giving him a hard time. But you know, he, he's he's the type of kid he, he asked me. He asked Savannah's mother. He went to my uh, my mother, so he asked Savannah's grandmother as well. I mean, and he said, "Mr. Boone, I just thought it was it was just the right thing to do because Savannah and your mom are so close that I thought it was the right thing to do to make sure she was all right with it." So he's he went he went the extra mile, and uh, you know, it's just kind of a tribute to what kind of kid he is.
1: All right. I, the other thing I got to bring up: your dad. Uh, your dad just turned eighty, didn't he?
0: No, Dad. Seventy-eight. He's he's gonna get pissed.
1: Seventy-eight no,
0: is Dad. I think is seventy-five.
1: Oh, is it 75? seventy-five? I...
0: Yeah, yeah. They had me when I was really young. Well, I so thought. I thought. I.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. I aged him. I thought I saw something the other day, and I apologize for that. But you know, I I got to sit here as being a baseball guy, and, and I know your dad left the the nationals a couple of years ago i mean does he have an inkling does he want to get back in i mean he a guy like bob boone needs to be in baseball
0: well you're preaching the choir you know you my mom can attest to the can attest to that she's got to uh-huh. live with him every day you know and and we tease all the time it's like from 1969 when my dad got drafted by the phillies Every single year until recently when he left the Nationals, he's been employed by a Major League Baseball team every single year since 1969. So when he, you know, came out of it and, and didn't have a job for the first time a couple of years ago, he was driving me crazy. I said, Dad, I know how to live like this. You don't. You got to find something to do. You know You, you know what he's doing, Coach, and, and I think it's really cool. He's, uh, and I don't know the name of the JC, but he got contacted. And there's a there's a junior college up in Orange County. Uh-huh. That a friend of a friend threw the grapevine, and I thought it was a great idea. I said, "Ask my dad." I said, "It's the one thing he loves. It's it's working with catchers oh, and just passing on his knowledge." And 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 actually, my dad, you know, not known as for great offensive prowess, is really good at at uh, as a hitting instructor. I mean, he really breaks it down, and he's pretty simple about the philosophy. And he he put dad in a room with a bunch of young kids that are that want to listen and are eager to learn and i mean pack a lunch because you're going to be there a long time so he's going to start working with this college and just kind of giving his time and i think that'll be really good for them and i think it'll be really good for him because the one thing he loves is, and is passionate about it's baseball but as far as him going back full-time in any capacity with an organization i don't think he's going to do that i think it's something really part-time came about where it was easy travel for him. And uh, I, I think he definitely considered that, but right now he's just going to kind of give back a little bit. And I think it's, it's a really good thing and a cool thing.
1: Okay. Well, a couple of things. Number one, I apologize again. I, I put a couple of years. Oh, I'm, seven, I'm, I'm, I'm 76.
0: 76. All right. See, I was wrong too. I thought he was 75 76. So nah, yeah, He's dad, 76. You know, he dad, on. you know, dad, he, he wouldn't care.
1: <laughs> but, but here, here's the deal. A guy like, Bob Boone could be so instrumental into any organization. I'm going to tell you, what, what, what if I was a general manager, you know what I want him to do for me? is I, I would want him to tell me what I could do better as a general manager. And I want him to go out, to, and I'm not going to wear him out, but I want to send him to selective games. Uh, you know, selected games here in Orange County, San Diego. Uh, maybe have him go to a, a minor league game on a guy that I I got up in Elsinore. I want him to take a look at. I want his feedback on ballplayers because all the years that he sat behind home plate catching some of the best in the game and being around some of the best in the game. I mean, you can't put a price on his knowledge.
0: No, without a doubt, and especially in the day and age we are now in 2023, where it's data driven and it's it's you know there's a lot more that goes into formulating uh, when an organization makes a decision i still think the nuts and bolts of baseball baseball for the last 100 120 years at the end of the day it's still baseball yeah. and there's still certain principles still certain principles that stay true to this day and it's the eye of a baseball man and the gut feeling of a baseball man just by watching another baseball player and and with his history and with his just his deep experience in all facets—from managing to to being a, uh, a vice president to to uh, on the field, you know his coaching—and not to mention, 19 years he played in the big leagues. Uh, huh. He's just got a wealth of knowledge. And, and I'm with you, Coach. I mean, there's there's a time and a place for the for the analytics and the data they came in to, to draw conclusions. But nothing will ever replace a good baseball man with a good eye giving his advice and his gut feeling on particular players, and it doesn't mean you're right every time, uh, wow. but I'll tell you what that that's got to go into the equation because I, I think it's something that you that technology doesn't offer and you can't put a, you, you can't put a price on it because there's only certain people that have that really good gut and that really good eye and and Dad is definitely one of those guys.
1: Well, you know, I'll leave it at this on your dad. Uh, I've never met your dad. I knew your grandfather, and I think I knew your, your grandfather, you know, pretty pretty well. I mean, him and Dave Garcia went to a lot of games I coached in over the years and would always get out there early and evaluate our players and so on and so forth. And your dad actually drafted – or your grandfather actually drafted uh, uh, Phil Plantier, whose brother played for me, Ray Plantier. Of course, Phil was with the Angels last year as their assistant hitting coach, but um, – you know the thing uh, about your dad more than anything else, just a, a good solid baseball man. The other thing, and I, I wanted to mention, you're talking about his offensive prowess. Tell you what, over his career, well, when the chips were down, he'd shorten up on that bat. He'd take some pretty good yep. swings and come through with some pretty big hits over the years for the Phillies, you're right. the Angels, and. Uh, yeah. I remember him well. I mean, your dad was one of the the best uh, catchers in the history of this game. Hey, let's talk a little bit about this free agency. How many times did you go through free agency?
0: I only got the free agency one time, and it was two thousand one. It was after my best year I've ever had. And what was uh, it
1: like? I mean, did you sign right away? Kind of take us it through was nothing, that. Nothing like this,
0: coach. It was weird because I look back. It was Barry Bonds, myself, Moises Alou, and Juan Gonzalez were the big free agents uh-huh. that year. Coming off a, coming off a, for me, coming off a career year. You know, I was sitting there. I had three thirty one. I had four hundred and forty one RBIs, and I'm sitting there as a free agent. You couldn't be in a better position. And I got one offer from one team. Barry Bonds got one offer. Moises Alou had one offer, and Juan Gonzalez had one offer. There sounds like collusion. My sounds like it a little bit to me. But uh, so I didn't get to bear the fruits that these guys get to. I sit there and, and I see these numbers that are getting thrown around and how there's six, six seven teams in on all the top guys. And, and I think it's the way it should be. And and uh, <clears throat> but it's something that I never got to truly experience. I ended up signing a, a, a deal with the Seattle Mariners that year. And, and looking back on it uh, for the times and, and what the money was in my era, I did very well and I was very happy. And it ended up being the best move I ever made staying in Seattle for my career. So I don't have, I don't begrudge anything that I went through, but I never really got to go through a true free agency that these guys are going through right now, where they're being courted by several teams and wined and dined and, and before they have to make a decision. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I think there's a lot of money out there and it seems like every generation, you know, when my dad finished, he, he I think his last couple of years leading up to 1990, um, you know, he made a million and a half or a million nine, and that was a lot of money. And then he walked watched me through my career, the money I was able to make, and he would look at me with bright eyes and go, "Must be nice making that kind of money." And it was. Now we look at these kids today, and, it, and obviously Otani's going to top that list at seven hundred billion numbers that when I was playing weren't even thought about. I mean, Alex Rodriguez was that first big one with the two fifty, and and for the rest of us, we were like, "That's you know, that's." Triple as much as any of the great players in the game have ever gotten. So, uh, seeing those numbers nowadays makes me, you know, that prior generation open my eyes like, wow, you know, how far can this go? But, but I think it's you know the players are the ones that they're the product. They're the, the reason that people come out and pay the money to watch them and and watch on TV. And and uh, they're getting their their cut right now. And just goes to show you how much money truly is being made in in not only baseball. But all the major sports.
1: Uh, Brett Boone, our guest here on ninety-seven-three, the fan. What did you think about Otani's deal? Oh, wow,
0: I, it didn't surprise <laughs> me at all when they were talking. When they were talking about him going to Toronto, I was shaking my head. San Francisco, I said, why would he want to go to San Francisco? It's the biggest right field in baseball for a left-handed hitter. You'd be crazy to want to go there. I just thought, you know, I I got back to the basics and I just thought I had no inside information on Otani and it was pretty tight-lipped around baseball and where he was going to sign. But I just thought when he came over here, there's a reason he chose the Angels. He was being courted by a lot of different teams, the Yankees and and all the big franchises. But why did he choose the Angels? There has to be something special about that part of the country or whatever. I know for me, playing at Anaheim Stadium, that was my favorite ballpark offensively to play in. So I know what he's talking about. It's just – I can't put words into it. It's just a great atmosphere to play in. So he chose the Angels. Obviously, he's had a a plethora of success. He's won two MVPs. He obviously loves the mound. He loves playing at Anaheim Stadium. He's comfortable there. He probably lives in Newport Beach, and he loves the area.
1: Yeah, he does
0: why would he choose the angels over all the other teams and then go to Toronto? doesn't make any sense. So, but I said, but moving up the street to the, to the Dodgers makes sense as well, because you don't have to move. You're in the same part of the country. You're living in probably the same house. If he has a family, he's going to raise his family in the same basic city, you know, Newport beach area. So that made sense to me. And I, I think at the end of the day, I think Anaheim or, or the LA angels were competitive in their bid but he probably just thought in the long term he's done the personal things to get him to this position now he's probably thinking the dodgers give me a little bit of better of an opportunity year in and year out to get to that world series and hopefully one day win one so i think that was probably the final decision i can stay at home i can stay in the same place ballpark's just down the freeway but they're going to give me a little better chance to win year in and year out and you get to a point in your career as a big league player where the personal accolades are great, and they're wonderful, but at the end of the day, you you want to try to win a championship because they're so hard to win.
1: Hey, I want to ask you, uh, Booney, and Brett Boone, our guest here on 97.3 The Fan, we got a couple of minutes here, and then I'm going to uh, get ready to sign off. But I want to get your thoughts. You know, uh, the Padres are trying to sign right now. We're, uh, we think they're going through physicals with this uh, – uh, young uh, left-handed pitcher, 28 years old, Matsui. I mean, you you, you know Ichiro, you've uh, been around Asian players. When they come over from, the, uh, from uh, uh, you know, whether it's Japan or Korea or wherever, I mean, could you talk a little bit about what you've seen as a teammate, what they go through that first year in the transition, not only on the field but off the field? Because we're seeing more and more Asian players make their way to the big leagues nowadays.
0: Well, I think the first uh, Japanese player for me that I saw was Hideo Nomo. He kind of broke the mold and kind of came out. It was a big sensation coming out with that split fingers fastball for the Dodgers. He kind of set the, the tone. You had Matt Sui uh, playing for the Yankees, a great, great player. I obviously got to see, you know, close up Ichiro in, in his first years, and I played with him for his first five years in the States. Um, and the fanfare was unbelievable. Uh-huh. Um, I also played with the Kazuhiro Sasaki. He was our closer. Uh, Hasagawa was more Americanized. You know, Hasegawa was spoke really good English. Could actually interpret for Ichiro. Ichiro at the beginning. These big stars, and I think nowadays they're a little more well versed on how to make the transition. I think back there, you know, when Nomo was coming into the game, this was new. It, and I'm not belittling the fact that it's a big culture shock for anybody living somewhere. And then all of a sudden uprooting and coming to a foreign land and, and be like, wow, okay, thrown in, you know, if you're thrown into New York and, and you become a New York Yankee, that's a culture shock when you don't know the, the area, the terrain, uh, there's a language barrier there. I think the kids today are, are just a little more well-prepared and a little more polished uh, on how to handle that transition. Doesn't make It doesn't make it any easier. But from what I saw up close, Hasegawa, it was easy, like a walk in the park for him. Kazuhiro had been here a couple years. Uh, he didn't speak very good English, uh, so he had the interpreter with him all the time. And then Ichiro was just kind of feeling his way, and Ichiro was kind of a star on a different level. You know, he was probably the biggest star at that time since Sadahara O uh, coming out of Japan. So he was kind of a rock star, and, and he had his whole entourage. But Ichiro spoke a lot better English. Than people thought and he made a pretty smooth transition his first year he won the he won the rookie of the year he won the mvp so obviously it didn't huh. affect him that much i think there's a culture shock but i think it's getting better and i think the organizations and 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 the teams that come from in japan have them a little better prepared than in past years you know 10 20 30 years ago so i think it's a smoother transition but nevertheless you still got to deal with it
1: hey booney great stuff Again, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, you got anything over the holidays on the Boone podcast, or are you taking a week off?
0: Uh, I've got a David Meltzer. He's a he's a uh, interesting guy. He, he's um, he's kind of a life coach, public speaker, rags to riches story, you know. It was worth a couple hundred million dollars lost it all and he's a motivational speaker and kind of outside my genre you know he he represents a couple players he has a he has a really interesting story he's coming up uh we got Kirk Street coming up soon Dion's gonna be in a couple weeks so we're rolling along in the boon podcast we're only doing we're doing two a week in the off season we'll get back to three once the season kicks up but uh so far so good going strong
1: Yeah, that's great. Booney, again, happy holidays, my friend. Enjoy. You too, Coach. I appreciate it. There you go. Uh, Brett Boone, a longtime Major League star, uh, all-star in the big leagues, gold glove winner, done it all. And, uh, again, we always appreciate uh, uh, Booney to join us. And, again, he's the host of the Brett Boone Podcast and Odyssey Original. Make sure to follow the Brett Boone Podcast on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast well that's going to wrap it up for uh, us today uh we've got uh, a lot to get done uh, tomorrow and on friday and then we'll uh, be done uh, for 2023 and I want to thank everyone uh, we, we couldn't do this show day in and day out with uh, without you great listeners out there we have a lot of good uh talk back and forth like we always say we're the most uh, uh friendly talk show out there in Southern California. Most interactive talk show in Southern California for Braden Soprano. Coach John Katero, have a great afternoon. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. right here on 97.3 The Fan. Bye-bye.